This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hello, folks. Uh, this is Jay with Revolution Church. Um, this week's podcast is going to be a little bit different. It's uh, something that me and Caleb recorded when we first met. And uh, we didn't have service last week due to this thing called the coronavirus. Not sure if you've heard about it or not. But anyhow, uh, enjoy me and Caleb getting to know one another uh, for this week's Revolution service. So when do you want to start? I guess we've started. It's up to you. Should I do like a formal introduction or something? I don't know how you do this. Introducing my next guest, my pastor, Jay Baker. How do you do this? Do you want to hear my music? Sure. Okay. Questions or um, I can pull them up, the ones I sent you. No, you don't have to. I'm but just... see, now you, you got me thinking. Like, maybe I should do whatever um, you need to do. You know what? You don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to be dry. Nope. Uh, yeah, I'm not a great podcaster, so I don't really, I don't have a format. But see, I'm, I'm just talking trash about myself again. Yep. You know that game, right? Too much. Yeah. What brought you here, man? What brought you to Minneapolis? My wife got a job working here in Minnesota, and we were living in Brooklyn, New York, and... You're doing a revolution from there? Yeah, I was doing yeah. a revolution in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and... Is that where you started it, or... No, no. started a revolution in Arizona, gosh, like 1994? Four, yeah. Yeah, so she got a job, and I said, okay, not thinking. You know, Minnesota's just crazy yeah, living it here. It's it so cold. Big, yeah. Like even the mix of winters in New York seem. Oh right, tame. like how it is right now. Yeah, I mean, what you was it like three degrees hit today in New York? But yeah, it was it's, it was three degrees when I woke up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think it was got a high of yeah. ten degrees, maybe. I think so. Yeah. So the sun's beating down on you. Yeah, ten degrees Fahrenheit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little bit of a torture, but the it's, weather's supposed to get. You know, that's all you do in Minnesota is talk about the weather. It is, isn't it? So it's See, supposed we fell to get into better. Already. Oh, I know. <laughs> First thing in, that's a real good sign. That's the intro, yeah. Talking about the weather. Great. So what's next? Uh, yeah, what is next? Could you tell me about, like, we started talking, because usually after church, with air quotes, Yeah. you know, we'll like, grab a bite to eat and start, we were talking about circumcision last oh, right. <laughs> And I was like, dude, save it for the podcast. Like, how do you think that shit got started? Who got it in their head and told their friends, like, we got to start cutting the tips of our God. Off. God got it in his head. Do you think he got head. that ball rolling? That's what they say. Yeah. Um, that's, it was to separate themselves, literally, to separate themselves. Who's going to see that, though? Like, How does that I don't know. I don't like know. You know, the Gauls, which are the Galatians, supposedly fought naked. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with Okay circumcision but yeah they fought naked you know i'm sure if you had someone like rob bell 
Yeah, he could probably. He could probably tell you exactly why. Could you call Pete up real quick? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Pete would know why they're circumcised. Rollins. Circumcision started, but <laughs> I think Rob Bell would. Yeah, he probably. He's he probably could, had some awesome talk yeah, about like, it. Would make you at the end be like nodding, like, like yes, that's a great yes. reason. It's hard. Gonna, he's hard to take notes when you're listening to him. Oh right, he is so deep. He's so Rabbit good. Holes. Yeah, I'm sure he does have one of those about circumcision. Yeah. Did you go to seminary? No, no. Yeah, I go. To, I go to seminary. Oh, do you? Yeah. No I take way. A class. I, I really. like take a class a semester, so do it's not really? like super going okay. to seminary, but taking a Paul Tillich class and then are you really class? Really? And uh, I just took a spiritual formation class, and there's a class coming up on Jesus and just all the different views of Jesus on oh, Jesus, like the the historical. Well, some Jesus. like historical views of Jesus and mystical views oh, of wow. Jesus and that different like theological. Yeah, so I'm hoping to take that very soon. Heard great things about that class. So yeah, yeah, I. Uh, you introduced me to Tillich, honestly. That's how I started listening to your podcast. Was you reading Tillich sermons? Yeah. Yeah, that was. That was my introduction to. Pretty crazy to Jay Baker, especially because I didn't know how to edit, so I had to like read the whole sermon all the way through. Mm-hmm. Which was really weird to with read, the, like yeah. four pages with dyslexia. He's got three books that are collections of his sermons. Mm. Okay, and uh, they're really good. They're really, I really highly recommend people check those out. One's well, called "Shaking the Foundations." Okay. I can't remember what the other two are called off the top of my head. I think isn't Pete doing like a study on Tillich? Right yeah, now? he's doing a study on the courage to be, which is. One of the most be. popular oh, yeah, yeah, books, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's like a book book, right? Like that's not yeah, that's like, a book. Yeah, book. yeah. And he, and it's really it's it's a really dense book, and it's hard to believe that it was popular in the 1960s. But right, that's kind of seem to be smarter than yeah. I'm on Pete's Patreon, and I get his, like his little notes and stuff or whatever. Yeah, and he's like one of the last great philosophers who was popular during his time. Yeah. It's like the introduction to the book or whatever, and I was like, wow, that's really good. We don't really have that anymore nowadays. No. He was on the cover of Time Magazine when it mattered. Because the only philosopher really cool. I'm at all tapped into right now is like Caputo. But he's, I mean, I don't know, man, if he's, if you could even call him a philosopher or if he's more yeah, of a Yeah, no, I think you definitely call him a philosopher. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's kind of theologian-y? Yeah, but that's what Tillich was. He was a philosopher theologian. Okay. So hmm. you could call him a theologian too. Yeah. But I think you could definitely call him a philosopher. If you try to read Caputo's books, definitely philosophy. Yeah. And he's inspired by philosophers. So I brought up seminary. I actually I have a direction here. Okay. You'll, it'll come it'll come to fruition. I was wondering, is the most popular theory on like Genesis that Moses wrote it? You're looking down. You're like, where is he going with this? (laughs) No, I'm just thinking. He's going in a bad way. But if he comes down and he's like, hey, guys, I was just talking to God up there, and I saw his hand poke out of this cloud, and it wrote on this stone tablet here, and I brought it back down here, guys. And he's, he's like claiming, like, I just saw this hand poking out of this cloud, and someone wrote it down. Yeah. Isn't the burden of proof kind of on him, or...? If he's the one who wrote I don't know if he wrote it. Well, he, supposedly he came down and he had glory on his face. What does that even mean? Like his face was shining. Shi- oh, okay. All right. And then yeah. he started to lose that, and he, and he started to wear a hood because he was starting to lose the glow. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm not great with the Old Testament. Yeah, I probably shouldn't bring it up. No, <laughs> no, it's good. Expose me as the charlatan as I am. Uh, charlatan, yeah. Charlatan, uh, North Carolina. Yep, yeah. Charlatan, North Carolina. That's where I was born. Charleston. Charleston. Is that a place? It is a place. Is it? I don't know. That's where I was born. PTL was your parents' thing, right? Yep, I went to school. Where was there. that going down? Like that was in North Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina. Okay. Order, so, okay. was it the first like televangelism? Well, there was other televangelists, but my dad was one of the first, and um, then he was definitely one of the biggest. Mm. And especially, it didn't hurt that he had like a place, a park that people could come visit. There was like hotels and a theme park kind of thing, like water park and. Mm. It's called Heritage USA. Was oh, it? Heritage, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was pretty cool. It was really weird to yeah. grow up there. I bet. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Yeah, you know, like arcades and restaurants, and I had to have security all the time, mm. so I had to have bodyguards. Oh, wow, that would mess with your head, huh? Yeah, so that was really weird, you know, and that was all from when I was born until about 11 years old. That was my reality. School was there as well, too, so I went to school there. In the, like... In the, pro- the, the property, heritage? No yeah. way, heritage Academy. Man. Can you tell me about that? Well, what do you want to know? I just wish I could see like a snapshot of of what that was like. Would you compare it to any other private school? You think? Yeah, it was like another any private schools. I think like a Christian private schools. Okay. It used okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. homeschool type curriculum. Okay. I think it was called Paces. I'm thinking of Becca. A C E, and we used a Becca too later. Did you use a Becca? Pace, you went at your own pace. And then a Becca came later and okay. kind of threw everybody off because we were all on this pace system. Um, it was pretty, It's. I think it's pretty normal to most Christian schools. It wasn't yeah. uniformed or anything like oh, that. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, no. Okay. See, I went to a uniformed private school. I did too after we lost the ministry, my parents' scandal and all that happened. I went to a private school. Were you still in like uh, North Carolina, South Carolina? Kind no, of? I was in California at that oh, time. Oh, okay. See, so, I should know this. I no, have, if I'd done half a minute of research. No, I don't. I don't think that's common knowledge, unless you read my first book that came out like twenty years ago. Is it uh, "Son of a Preacher Man"? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got a uh, "Fall to Grace" from my mom. Has she heard from her since she gave it to her? Um, she hasn't read any of it yet. That's probably good. But I don't know. What's the What's the the guts of that one? Would you say? Fall to grace, yeah. grace, just the idea of inclusion mm. and that accepting your accepted kind of thing. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I end with one of Tillich's sermons in that book. Do you really? Yeah, called You Are Accepted. So it was just a book about grace. Mm. You know, it was a little bit more Christian than probably my third book. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it was just kind of like basics of grace. Kind of a how-to or like... From a Christian or biblical? Yeah, there was a lot of Bible in there. Should probably like it then. Yeah. I mean, I tried to support my stuff biblically, but mm. of course, also, I think I support why I'm LGBTQ affirming okay. and things like that. Yeah, she might biblically not as well. be a huge fan of that. But. but, you know, it's a challenge. When did you like come to terms with where you were at on all that? That was maybe 14 years ago. Mm. So like early 2000s or something? Yeah, early 2000s, and um, it took a while, you know, because you just grow up hearing one thing your whole life, and then all right, of a sudden right, you start yeah. thinking a different way, mm. and then I thought yeah, you had right. to run it all through the Bible. Did you do that, like, after the fact to try to justify where you were at, or was that part of coming to no, terms No, it was part of coming at? to terms with where was it really? I was at. Yeah. Mm. 
So that was during the time, you know, and I went over and just fine-tooth combed the sermons or the clobber scriptures. Those are the ones that supposedly say, you know, male, can't have male, or Romans 1, or... From the New Testament or the... Old and New. Yeah. But mostly old, but a few in the New. And uh, tried my best to read them in context. I think that's Mm -hmm. what I like Mm -hmm. is that I was a literalist at the time when I came to being affirming. I believe that the Bible was 100% true. Yeah. And so that's why I figured like I had to, it had to be there biblically before I could be okay with it, you know? Were you looking to be okay with it or was it, did it just like come up on your radar and you were like, oh, well, let's really dive into this? No, I mean, I just had a lot of friends who were LGBTQ. My mom was speaking at a lot of gay churches. So yeah, it got me curious to do my own study and it was kind of amazing what I was finding out that the concept of sexuality is not really even something the Bible understands, you know, it's more of a Freudian concept. So context is a lot. So yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Hmm. So, and it used to matter to me, it used to matter to to argue those scriptures and things like that. And now, you know, it's not as big of a deal to me to argue the scriptures. I don't take the Bible completely literally. Yeah. There's certain things that the Bible says that I can feel like I'm allowed to disagree with because Paul said God's no respecter of man and why would God's favorite people write the Bible? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I believe there's forgeries in the Bible. Right. So mm-hmm. I like the pastoral epistles, I think, are not Paul and not very Paul at all. But, you know. What made you first be okay with not agreeing with the Bible 100%, I guess? Can I ask you that? I know, yeah. I mean, I just don't know what, what the... It was just slow, you know. It was going like, oh, how do I believe this? Mm. And how do I accept this with this? And how do I balance the grace message with this other message that seems like condemning? And Right. I started asking those questions. Then I started reading books by, I read some Bart Ehrman, you know, and read some books written about the Bible and people who were professors and spent their whole life studying the Bible and, you know, realizing like it's common knowledge that Paul didn't write Titus or Timothy or first, you know, that gets common knowledge. But I wasn't raised knowing that. Mm. Like even if you read more what my parents would have considered liberal theologians, Uh you know, or commentaries, it's in there. A liberal? Yeah, my dad calls me liberal. Yeah, he knows I'm liberal. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought there. No. What were you saying? No, I'm just saying it's like in commentaries and stuff. So. Even in probably somewhat more conservative commentaries oh, have wow, some of yeah. that stuff in there where you question who wrote what and how it got in there. But people believe just because it's in there, then it's inspired because it got put in the collection mm-hmm. in the canon. Is that Nicaea? Because that's something I was asking. I don't know if my dad's the best person to ask about this, honestly. But I, I was asking him when I was back home uh, for the holidays. I was asking him if we had the Catholic Bible first and then we notched that down to the Protestant Bible, or if they added those extra canonical books or whatever. Do you know the answer to that? No, I no, don't know the don't answer to that. Okay. I have some Bibles with the uh, Apocrypha in Apocrypha, it. Apocrypha, that's the word, yeah. And some without it. You know, I was, of course, raised to believe that that wasn't part of the Bible. Yeah, right, right. So Same, yeah. This is stuff that we could Google real easy. Yeah, we could probably look it up. I mean, I brought it up. I might as well. I'm going to look it up right now. Apocrypha. How do you spell that? Yeah. <laughs> Ask the dyslexic person. Yeah. Okay, books of the Apocrypha. Oh, this sounds good. Do you think we should trust uh, Wikipedia? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Apocrypha are works written of unknown authorship 
or doubtful origin. Biblical apocrypha is a set of texts included in the Latin Vulgate and the Septuagint, but are not in the Hebrew Bible. While a Catholic considers them deuterocanonical, well, there you go. Protestants consider them apocryphal, secret or non-canonical. This is the Latin? Oh, weird. Yeah, it's from the Greek adjective to obscure or to hide away. That's strange. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that mm. seems like a whole worth a whole bunch of studying. So, um, where are the other pastors that you started Revolution with? Where are they at now? And when I say where they're at, I mean like as far as their internal kind of worldview, like their barometer. I don't know. No? You know, um, I know me and Kelly think a lot alike. She's a pretty neat person. I haven't talked to Mike or Heather in years, so I don't know where they're at. I'm the only one left doing revolution. Mm, yeah, okay. So. Yeah. What would you say like revolution is about, if it's about anything? For me, it's about grace. It's yeah. about understanding grace. It's about accepting grace for yourself, mm. accepting others, and hopefully allowing people to come who don't subscribe necessarily to what I believe or what I think, whether it be non-belief or conservative belief, but just a place where people can come and see someone who still respects the Bible mm-hmm. um, and uses the Bible as a primary tool to bring a message. Um, yeah. But mostly it's, you know, to me it's about grace and acceptance and helping people accept that they're accepted mm-hmm. and doing mm-hmm. that biblically. Wow, yeah. So that's, that's a big what revolution's about, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. That's a big mission statement. You know, yeah. you know so it makes people uncomfortable and messes with that and mm-hmm. provocateur you know yeah. be provocative a little bit mm-hmm. but i never know because of so many fo- of the people are online listeners so i don't right. know exactly what Most it's what it's doing you know mm-hmm. and um in new york we'd have more people walking in off the street or just coming in because they heard something about mm-hmm. us okay so that was a little bit more organic yeah what do you think that Minneapolis lacks that New York had as far as that like that aspect of I it? don't think it's what Minnesota lacks. I think it's what Minnesota has. I think oh, Minnesota I has a lot more liberal denominations and congregations mm. and Okay. And so people here are not, you know You're not like the sore thumb. Yeah, in you know. No. I mean I feel like one of you know, just one of very many. Yeah, progressive believers. I see progressive and talk to progressive people and meet progressive people here all the time. Mm. And in New York, there are progressive people, but there's still conservative people. There's all sorts of different, you know, you can throw a rock and hit a different religion. But you have so many people who are from so many different places. It's mm. such a melting pot. Okay, People traveling from all over the place. So I would meet people who maybe listen to us online from wherever they were from, you know, and then they decided to come check it out. So it was interesting because then people also visit New York Mm. and it was definitely a a high for the church. You know, I really enjoyed doing it there. Is that when like the numbers were biggest? No, the numbers were probably biggest in Atlanta. Okay. And I really enjoyed doing it in Atlanta too. It was just a different vibe and a different group of people, you know, a lot of younger people when I was in Atlanta. Oh, interesting. Why do you think that was? Was that like the the pastors? Uh, yeah, I think it was because I was younger too. Oh, okay. You know, I yeah. was twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, and 
So the people who were coming were in their early 20s. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I attracted that. You were know. you affirming at that time? Um, I became affirming in Atlanta. Okay. So yes and no. So, okay. you know, there was a part of time. But I was never against it. I was never against anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I just never had that in my yeah. My, you know, I wasn't like, oh, sinners or oh, mm-hmm. atheists or oh, LGBTQ people, you know, mm-hmm. they need to change. You know, I always accepted people just the way they were. And um, my mm-hmm. mom and dad kind of taught me that was to love Did people they really? just the way they were. Oh, yeah, man, that's a hard pill to swallow for me. Well, love was always, you know, supposed to be what won. Love was always Jesus loves you was the was the trump card of of everything yeah that's what i was taught okay so i was taught legalism and things like that too mostly from people who worked for my parents more than my parents like but, in school and yeah by yeah. teachers oh, same, and yeah. by youth pastors and yeah you know i thought you know i'd come home and think the rapture happened and yeah you know, be terrified <laughs> if nobody was home man um, yeah that happened to me too yeah mm-hmm. so you know so you were getting that from your folks? Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of that came from my folks is like I just didn't have a judgmental attitude towards people. And because I grew up in such like a seeker sensitive environment. I see. You know, okay. I always wanted to be around people who weren't church people anyway. Because of your parents? I my parents played a big part of that. Yeah. Okay. But also wanting to do something different. Yeah. Be in a church and not be I wanted to, you know, reach out to people where they were at. Okay, wow. Yeah. People weren't having churches as much in bars, and people weren't doing coffee shop churches. And, you know, Is that what you were doing? In, yeah. Oh, okay. So, in Atlanta? Yeah, we met in a... Well, we've met in different places. We met in a place that was... We worked with the homeless in Safe House for a long time, and then we met at a, a couple clubs in Atlanta. You know, we were in a bar in, in Brooklyn. We were in a bar here. I mean, we're in a bowling alley, but it's a bar, restaurant. Yeah, I like that location, honestly. Yeah, it's just trying to find common ground with people mm. and yeah. get connected to. I think of before it was easier to get connected to community. You know, mm. now that I'm in my forties and got two kids that yeah. are, you know, under three, <laughs> mm. that I have to take care mm-hmm. of, it's harder to you know, just hang out in the community. And it's harder to know, for me, at least in Minnesota, mm-hmm. to know where the community is. What is the community? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. in like Atlanta, you know, I kind of just picked a part of town that I liked and hung out there. And maybe that's what I should do here. Um, yeah. You know, maybe not reinvent the wheel. But, you know, I also picked a part of town in New York where it was easy to get around. Oh, okay. Because... I never went with the idea of like, oh, I'm going to win New York to Jesus, you know. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to be in a spot and talk about my stuff. Mm-hmm. What was the first part of that, like, legalism that you were taught that you let yourself, like, start to question or let, or let yourself, I guess, kind of cast dispersion on? I don't know if that's a valid question. No, all, it's but. good. I mean, uh, probably things like the rapture when I started to ask questions. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense yeah. or... Does it make sense to life, not love certain people? And then hell and yeah, trying to make sense of that all loving God that you know yeah. gives you a choice between being loved or going to hell. Yeah, you know those are things that mm-hmm. I started questioning a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in Romans or Acts where the two people get struck down because they lied about the money. Oh about, right, right. 
And yeah. um, I used to have a hard time with that because yeah. I was like, oh, they're Same. under new covenant. Why are they being held accountable and being struck down by God? Right, after yeah. Jesus. Isn't it straight theory. up God just like lightning bolts? Yeah, on? yeah, that's what it says. So, you know, things like that started questioning, but it was tough. It was really tough to shake, to start questioning those things because I was told not to my whole life. Yeah. Do so. you feel like you kind of got the a snowball rolling that you couldn't control the avalanche from? No. I still probably am somewhat conservative compared to a lot of my friends, maybe just because of the fact that I still believe in this stuff. But, what do you mean uh, by this stuff? Christianity and Jesus and, Jesus and yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, not all the time. I can't say I believe all the time. Mm. I got a lot of doubt, but, yeah. you know, and that I'm still teaching the Bible, you know, yeah. I'm not like trying to be like, and then Kant said and Lacan said, and, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but it's also because I don't have that level of education as well. So I don't know. You think that if if you had all that education, you'd be somewhere else? Maybe. Maybe I'd be more doing the type of theology that Pete's doing. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm doing what's in my wheelhouse and what yeah. I'm comfortable doing and what I know to do and challenging myself and trying to challenge others who might be in a similar state, you know? Yeah, right. I so, know, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I've read Tillich and I've read, you know, other philosophers and theologians and, you know... I like what Luther said a lot about the Bible. You know, I don't like everything Luther said, obviously. Right. But I liked what Luther wrote about grace in the Bible. But he was medieval, you know, medieval. So it was like, it's not that progressive when you're like, yeah, I like a 500-year-old theologian. Oh, Um, that, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about uh, Junior. No, uh, Martin Luther Jr. Jr. as well. But, you know, he was also a big fan of Paul Tillich. Was he a fan of Tillich? Yep. Mm. Yes, he was. Where's Tillich at on the uh, on the theist atheist spectrum? I guess I don't know. I mean, he says ground is God is the ground of all being. Yeah, that's I like that one because you can't really and you can't the, deny the existence of. And then the God the that shows up when the God that disappears in the anxiety of doubt, you know, is God. So, whoa! Can I don't you unpack that one. No, no. I've tried. I mean, Pete's unpacking that one right now, mm-hmm. and he's doing a whole separate. Now he's doing a whole separate seminar on it. Is he really? Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the God that shows up when the other God, when your God of your understanding disappears. That's mm-hmm. what I would say if I want to unpack that. Mm-hmm. The God that I've grasped and understood the and been raised kind of with is kind of, or other people created man, yeah. for me. I feel like, honestly, man, I feel like that's where I'm at right now is that is that God has disappeared and I'm just like kind of spinning. Well, I mean. What the fuck is real? <sighs> To me, if God is God, then God is bigger than all that. Oh, and man, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Is that what you're faced sh- with now? Like, yeah. Is that the God that you're looking at? Yeah, God greater than my understanding. Mm. For some reason, that's comforting to me. I don't know why. You know, well, it's, it's comforting to me. You know, yeah. it's because it's, it's, I'm a finite human being trying to understand the infinite. Yeah. That's beautiful. Like, yeah. You know, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you were starting to go this direction earlier, maybe, but if God is a loving father, then, you know, as a dad yourself, like, could you ever eternally like waterboard your kids or whatever? Like, could you I ever, couldn't do it for a second. Is that part of, of, of God's character, I, I, like of a perfect father's character is being able to, to damn your fucking kids? Like... 
Um, I don't know. Or someone else's kids even, like not even your own kids. Like, could you damn any child? Could you <laughs> eternally, you know, torture? Know. I've been on the playground a few times. <laughs> And kids, and like you could push the button like, when you see your kids one. hit the, your kids. You get <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no. no, man, that's a good point. But I could. I don't think I could. No, I obviously couldn't do that to a. I mean, I couldn't do anything like that to a child. I loved kids, and mm-hmm. you're watching their minds explode and trying to understand oh, life wow. in general. Just kind of vicariously. Yeah, and you see this, mm-hmm. and you watch this, and you go like, "Oh my gosh, they're just wow. everything is so mm-hmm. new and yeah. <laughs> confusing and." strange mm-hmm. and basic just oh, is wow. you know there's no question of why mm-hmm. you know why are we here we just are here and it's just <laughs> so are those the type of questions that like milo asks you or is he putting those words together yet no no I mean, he likes the fact that i go to church but he doesn't know what church is you know and yeah he goes how was church you know when you come home yeah what do you think his picture of it is in his head I'm I'm really curious. I'm like I don't know. I think it's probably prospect. you know we've seen we've gone to bigger churches to see like Christmas music, and we went to one a parenting class at another big church, and they had like macaroni and cheese for the kids and cookies. So he probably thinks he churches with. With, with yeah with like singing and macaroni and cheese and cookies, <laughs> which maybe a lot of people do actually if you think about it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you know, a lot of people go to church for the, the for pot the lux. cookies. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> For the fellowship. That's what we need more of at Revolution, man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that would help bring people around. I feel like I could be helping to shoulder more of that, like being, I don't know, being the younger kind of like guy, like, come on, Jay, let's go. Young hip guy. I I get all these like cool ideas and I I just, I suck at executing any, I don't know if, maybe that's me getting down on myself, man. Yeah, Yeah. stop. Maybe make a list, yeah. Tearing yourself down and make a list. Prioritize. Yeah. If I um, email you a list, will can we make the first two things happen? You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you just Between wrote it us. down on a piece of paper. That's the first step. Because emailing huh? me is not going to oh, do much good. I'm see, horrible at email. Same, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I haven't, I mean, I haven't opened my inbox. Like, I haven't read the most recent 10 emails at any yeah, given time. I'm really I think bad that's at email. That, I think that's related to the, like, depression and shit, honestly, man. Like, yeah. Like, like, responding to texts. I think I heard you on maybe on some podcast or on Revolution or something, talking about that once, about how when you're in a real bout of depression, like, the effort it takes to to do your morning routine or, like, to to respond to to a phone message or to a text is, like, it just wipes you out for the day. It does. It's, sometimes it takes me a day to return, a t- day or two to return a text, you know, mm. just because I, I get it so yeah, overwhelmed, much less an email. Yeah, because an email's like a whole letter, huh? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I want to ask you, what? Why is that? Like, why? But I guess why is an email like a whole letter? I, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is it such a burden? Like when you're when you're in depression? I don't know. I mean, washing my face is a burden when I'm in depression. You know, yeah. getting out of the bed. So it's just like anything else, just something you have to do and something you have to think. And it's a connection with another human being, you know, and you're like having to answer. And you're having to put on the face. Yeah. And be like, hey, I'm happy. Or whatever, or, yeah. you know, give a bunch of information. And you're like, man, I could yeah, barely for- take a shower, much less 
with yeah. the effort to give a bunch of information. And then if you're like me, it piles up and then you're just like, oh, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And that's no, where lists like that. yeah, start yeah. coming in for me is yeah. like contact this person, contact this person, contact this mm. person. How long does it take you to check off that first thing, do you think? Well, sometimes I can check off the first thing in no time. But sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's that fifth thing that takes like – I've had stuff take – I had one thing that I think it took me seven months to – to get off the list list. and I keep looking back at all these lists and the same thing is there. Yeah. Right. And I just didn't want to deal with it because I had so much my own baggage around it. Mm -hmm. What was that thing? So I'd rather not. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. That's fair. That's more than fair. But it's, you know, that's more than fair. It's it's nothing, but no, no, it's good because it's just something though that's on a to-do list. So I think anybody can say put blank there and sometimes Mm -hmm. things are emotional. Yeah, right. You know, but yeah, sometimes yeah. I have to be like, you know, call your dad. Right. You know, that, that would be like number three on my list. You know, like, so get back that, to my parents. And that can take weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, me and my dad don't talk that often. And it's funny when, you know, I have people online telling me how I should react and talk to my dad. So right. everybody has an opinion. Yeah. Um, who are those people that are the loudest? I on don't the know what who they, they are. Well, they just say, who the hell are they? your dad's a heretic or what happened to your dad or wow. this or that, you know. They're like, hey, Jay, go tell your dad that he's a heretic or something? Yeah, well, they think I can change him. They have a lot more faith in me than than uh, most people. I don't know. Like, have you ever tried to change your parents? I've given them books, like you yeah. said. You know, you gave them my book. I've given my dad books, you know. That's, yeah. That's my subtle way of my mm-hmm. Minnesota nice way of saying, nice, hey, yeah. maybe think about this, uh-huh. you know. Like, I've sent him Tillich yeah. books. I sent him the sermon books. I sent him. Were they books that you've read? Yeah. See, yeah, I I've give seen, my parents books that I want to read. Oh That's no, my you gotta problem, give parents. Yeah, <laughs> they might be garbage. Well, yeah, I gave I gave someone in my family what is the Bible by Rob Bell, but I should have read it. Oh, you didn't you read know? it. I didn't it's read a it. Good man. book. I didn't it's really see that. would be like number five on my list. If I, I made, would say that was a good thing on my current list. If I made a list right if now, people would write read it. It would be really good. I think people kind of wrote off Rob after, not a lot of people, because Rob's still got a huge following. Yeah. But evangelicals wrote Rob off after Love Wins. Yeah. And that's too bad because that was really, really um, important. What the Bible says is a really important book for people who are caught up on the Bible because it explains and gives you history of what the Bible is. and. Mm Have you read it? Yeah, I've read yeah. it. I've read it, yeah. I so you really think I should it. read it? Yeah. If I'm going to buy it for somebody else. I wanted to just like kind of <laughs> preach from that book. Maybe you should. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure where to pick it up after that. Well, do you have something on your list? Um, Let me see. That's a good idea. I, did, I made a list. I emailed it to you. But here's the email. Uh, the 13th, so that was... Three days ago. Is that three days ago? It seems like a week ago, man. Today's the 16th. Is it really? Yeah. I don't like that at all. (laughs) I don't like that I thought it was longer. Yeah, here's something about Tillich in here. Uh, It says, in your head, what what does it mean to be an agnostic Christian? Um, To not know. To be a Christian who doesn't completely say I'm 100%. Mm Mm-hmm. And is comfortable with unknowing. And that's why I always feel like an, if I'm anything, I'm an agnostic Christian. Because mm. like in the end of the day, who really knows? You know, we're saying that we know the 
answer to everything. And, you know, I like how much of that was because I was raised in it. You know, what if I was born and raised somewhere else? Mm-hmm. So um, being comfortable with my doubt. So that's mm-hmm. what being to me as an agnostic Christian is being yeah. comfortable with my doubt. But still knowing that for some reason you come back to Jesus. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, but yeah, I do come back to Jesus. So I guess that's what makes me a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I took on that label after I heard you using it. I was like, oh, that's what I am too. Me too. You know, like hop on that bandwagon. Yeah. Like that that's a thing. I can, I, that's a title I can use. That's how, you know, because I'm, I don't understand Christian atheist. I don't understand that completely. Isn't that Pete's term? Yeah, Pete uses that a lot, but I don't, I don't completely grasp it so i don't go around like yeah but you know (laughs) i don't grasp it so christian agnostic is the best i can come up Mm -hmm. with or agnostic christian you know and just being like i think agnostic is being honest yeah it's just being transparent with your doubt oh man i like that transparent yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what i feel is important yeah yeah i mean comfortable maybe is yeah comfortable is maybe another word but transparent Mm -hmm. is you kind of eventually make it become comfortable because you're, you know, you're letting everybody see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that line is between transparency and, and being comfortable? I don't know. I mean, I've always pushed myself to be uncomfortable with my transparency and to be as transparent as possible. Mm. So it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I'm very, you know, like very transparent about my mental health and very transparent about yeah. a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's also stuff that I'm not transparent about, you know, yeah. and so life is that way, mm-hmm. but I've always pushed myself to push the boundaries. So when I have a doubt, use the doubt. If I'm using a commentary, tell people I'm using a commentary, right? you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not like I was thinking the other day, oh, right. you know, <laughs> and try to write it off. As right. Well. You know, um, I want other people to mm-hmm. know that they can do what I do. So, like, mm-hmm. working with writers, I could have very well been had ghost writers on my book. Just put my name on it. But mm-hmm. I'm dyslexic, and I feel like that's doing a disservice to other dyslexic people mm-hmm. out there and being like, you know what? You can work with a writer and do a book, mm-hmm. you know? Do you Did you kind of stamp it as that, like, when you release it and stuff? Like, say, hey, this is why I had to work with this guy, or like... I may have in one of the books. I don't know. But... Not always, but I talk about it in interviews. Uh-huh, right. But that's when I, you know, when I made the book deals, I was like, no, I want the yeah, you want writer's it. name on there. Okay. I want it to be with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Or and. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the writer wants. Yeah. And or with. <laughs> They're the writer. They're the wordsmith. They're the wordsmith. <laughs> They're the wordsmith. Um, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll keep, uh, I think the list is a good idea, man. How about if I if I keep with the list? I can't believe this was three days ago, man. Because I I had for some reason I was comfortable enough writing a list, but when I'm like, oh, that was only three days ago. I'm like, I've been, de- I feel like I've been depressed for longer to where it's been a chore to get through the day. Or I don't know, man. You've only know. been depressed three days. Hey, it's only been three days, dude. There you go. Yeah, feels like a week. It feels like two weeks. I think. Well, there you go. But it's only been three days. Is that a silver lining? Is that a positive spin you're, you're throwing? Yeah, that's a positive spin like I'm throwing you. How it's only been three days. But, you know, you have to realize, be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've learned in DBT is to find silver lining in certain things. What does DBT stand for? 
dialectic behavior therapy behavioral therapy behavioral therapy yep so it's the type of therapy yeah is it a group thing it's group and it's individual group. so it's both you said that you're finishing it soon you graduate okay okay <laughs> you so it's not like aa or na no okay it's not forever it's not a program I mean, it's a program, but it's not a program that lasts forever. So you, you work through it and then it's over sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. How long does it last? I think it works in like six-month intervals. But I've been taking it for a few few times. Take it a bunch. So you like sign up for it and you pay for... Yeah, and you the, can take as much as you want. Okay. I mean, you still have to pay for it or your insurance mm-hmm. has to pay for it. Oh, I see. But take so as much it, as you want. So it could be covered by your insurance? Yeah. Potentially. Mm. For all those people looking for DBT. Yeah. Ask your insurer. Maybe I, maybe I should look into that. Yeah, my insurance covers it. Is that who told you to ask yourself, would you tell a friend this? Yes, <laughs> yes. you're saying? Yeah. Because that for me, that I think I heard that first from you know Mike McCarg, like Science Mike. Right. He's like, finally, I asked myself, the shit that I say to myself in my head, would I say that to like a friend yeah. or just someone I, I cared at all about? Like that's, to me, that was, that was eye-opening, man. Well, would I say it to people I don't care about? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Maybe I have a few people that are in my head who I will talk about. Oh, on, on, in that way. You know, but... Oh, right. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to generalize humanity that way, but I'll generalize myself as being mm. a piece of crap mm-hmm. or lazy or stupid because... yeah. I can't do A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. But if someone else came to me and was like, I can't do A, B, or C, and I'm like, a piece dude. of crap. But mm-hmm. no, you're not. You're just a human being. You know, you're probably stronger in this area, that area. Yeah. So that's tough to do. That it's is, tough to remember. Man, you're blowing my mind right now, honestly. What well, like, blows my mind, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, therapy is a good thing. I think people yeah. should have it. I should do it more, honestly. You know, mm-hmm. I see DBT and I see a psychiatrist, so... Mm. And that helps. Yeah, it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. I think if you asked my wife, the changes, she would say it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's hard to live with someone who suffers from depression yeah. and panic disorder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used I, to not be able to like make it down to the lake because I'd be having panic attacks I mean, just on a walk. Oh, wow. You know. I don't know, man. It feels, it feels good to talk to somebody about depression who knows. You know, yeah. Maybe I should get it see a therapist again. Yeah. Yeah. What does the audience think? What do they think? Uh, you can let me know on Air of Grievances uh, Facebook. That's the thing. Is that what it's called? Air, Air, of, Air of Grievances? Air of Grievances. Yeah. So what is our grievances supposed to be? Yeah. Oh, man. Am I, I supposed say, to say something I'm upset about? Yeah. Well, no. I think it's the the idea... And I'm I'm kind of putting myself on the spot with this one, but like, the idea is that I I'm the heir of all these grief, all this shit, all this baggage mm-hmm. from religion, I guess, yeah. from from my parents, I guess, you know, from the culture, I guess, I don't know. So you're airing your grievances. I'm on the a- the H E I. Oh, the heir. Yeah, H E I. Nice. Heir of grievance. Yeah. Nice. So you can yeah, if you have any grievances, what are your grievances <laughs> with, with religion, man? But no, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't believe, I honestly, I can't believe I wrote this list three days ago. Because what I was going to ask is, does depression affect your belief and disbelief with God? Like, does it get tangled up in that Yeah, shit? it does. Does it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I did a sermon once 
on does God only show up when your meds work? That's a good one. Yeah. That is and a good one. So that was, you know, and then someone's like, no, God shows up when the meds don't, don't work. When the meds don't yeah. work. Was that like a... Well, one well, was... I want, one, I one, was, was a one was someone being sarcastic and, and then another one was someone being serious. Mm-hmm. But the question is, is, does God show up for me, the question is, it's got to show up, period, mm-hmm. not when the meds work or don't work. Mm-hmm. But the question was for at the time, as I was going through a lot of depression, and I felt like God disappeared, you know? Yeah, and so I was like, yeah. but then what is God? Is God a genie that makes me happy? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Have I, have I read the Bible? Right. These guys were miserable. They were all killed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like expecting it to be like, God wants me to have a good day. Yeah. And you they're know? the ones who are kind of asserting God, you know, God did this, you yeah. guys. Like, Or, you know, God loves you me. and, yeah, God's inclusive and God's, I don't know. Yeah. If God is love, can God be anything but inclusive and, and graceful? Yeah. I mean, people seem to think so, that he could be, or she can be a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> that he or she, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that people, God people, just, people yeah, people... Pronoun people have their own ideas of what God is and mm-hmm. God is love, but then, yeah, but God is love only for the predestined. Yeah, man. The See, for me, that's like the biggest, that's why I can still call myself a Christian is because for some reason God is love is like, I cannot get that off of my filter of what reality is or whatever. Like I can't disconnect that from my worldview and I don't hate that. And that's the thing I'm most comfortable saying is that God is love. Right. And I think that when I experience love, I'm experiencing God. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. That's the most certain I can get. Yeah. No, that's understandable. Because I have, a, you know, all sorts of issues with what God does and doesn't do. Mm. I'd have a hard time thinking if God is an intervening God, mm. that God is love. Because oh, why does God the, choose to intervene yeah. in some people's lives and not others? Hmm. You know, so that's a you know a struggle mm. giving God the glory right. or giving God you know I got a parking spot today. Yeah. Hallelujah! You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, no, that's a good little point. kid you can, has cancer, like is dying, and his parents are up praying every night. Yeah, that one's. I, yeah. I think I heard you say that. Maybe, I don't know if it was on Revolution or what, but like, and that got me really thinking like, well, what can I credit to God or what, or what is God, I guess, to me? I don't know even how to word it. It's hard to, when God's no longer a man in the sky. Yeah. I, I think that God isn't that to me anymore. And God has yeah. been that to me my whole life up until I've, like a month ago or something, man. Like, yeah. honestly. I understand it. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough being a preacher and dealing with all that stuff. Yeah, I, b- I bet, man. It really makes me want to quit sometimes. Does it? Yeah, because it's like, oh, I've got to prepare a sermon, and I'm like, and have all the these huge the questions about God. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. don't you ever talk about those? I do. Oh, you do. You yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> probably, I probably haven't much just in the past month or so. But yeah, you do. I do talk no, about do. that stuff when it comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, and this Galatians. Yeah. Sermons probably aren't going to be a spot where that comes up, but it might. <clears throat> Who knows? Why do you like uh, Galatians so much? Because it's so graceful. It's such a weird thing. I mean, <laughs> basically, there's a point where Paul wishes a group of people to be castrated, yet it's still 
such a book about grace and love and that nobody's out, you know, and it's like, it's like the people who are out are the people who are trying to make you think that you don't belong or the people who are trying to make people believe that they, people are trying to push their prejudices, you know, mm. and mm. they're, you know, so it's, it's interesting to me cause it's just, you know, there's neither male nor female, no Jew, no Gentile, slave nor free, mm. you know, mm-hmm. all are one. The inclusion of the book is really amazing. The idea that the law is, you know, it's creating rules and regulations is mm-hmm. what separate us from understanding God rather than wow. draws us closer yeah. to God. Oh, man. So those are things. Mm. No, um, well, let me, can I sit in that for a sec? That's, that's really good. What's the, what's that whole verse that neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, uh, slave nor free? Should I look it up? I believe it's Galatians. I'll look it up. Either end of three or beginning of four. Um. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe in context would be better. But it's, yeah, neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Yep. So what is Jesus then? Is Jesus God? Yes. Jesus is As far as Paul understands, Jesus is God. Well, Paul is pretty sure about that. Yeah, Yeah. so (laughs) that's the thing is I'm reading this letter from Paul's viewpoint. So, I mean, there's things I could disagree with with Paul, but in his idea that that's Jesus is God, and I agree, I believe that too. (laughs) I agree with that statement as well. Um, How far does that go though? Like, God died though, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, man, Pete... Rollins talks a lot about that. Is that That's what the resurrection is? You know, the he talks about God being... and God abandoning God's self on the cross. God becoming oh an atheist. Whoa, bro. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. So. God forsakes God. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's. Oh. Yeah, that's like. I'm blowing my head right now. Some pretty amazing stuff. Wow. And I never saw it that way before either until Pete heard Pete talk about it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really amazing stuff. I've tried to talk about that before, but but somehow you making that connection just now. So you think Paul's right? Today I do. Yeah. Right Not, now I do. Right now. You know, and so I think, you know, we're all one in God, mm. you know. We're all one in love. Yeah, yeah. In love with a capital L? Yeah. <laughs> could you replace where it says Jesus, could you think you could put in love and it would still... Is well, that Jesus what? shows a lot of love. Oh. There's a few places where Jesus seems a little bit of a jerk, but majority of what Jesus does is, is show love yeah, and show compassion. Love, yeah. So, I mean, that's why I feel like Jesus came to show us the nature of God, not to die mm. on a cross, but to come show us... Oh, man. The nature of God was wow. because of saying... Look how far we've gotten from this mm. idea. So. I think you just converted me, man. <laughs> well, I think I'm back on. Well, there you go. I'm back, I'm back on the Christian back on. boat. I know. Maybe I should just preach on that more often. But yeah, I mean, I but, think that's whoa, what that's. Yeah. You know, that Jesus came to show us the nature of God. Yeah, yeah, the, the true nature of God. So wow, yeah. But like you know, there's lot, people who man. don't like that too. People Why not? Because they would who say that, like that Jesus is, you know. The son of God, like that qualifier? Yeah, or just would say that he's, you know, not a very deep thinker, you know. Who would say that, you think? 
lots of philosophers and oh, philosophers. theologians. Really? Theologians? Jesus' talk is, is there's a lot of people who said much deeper, more compassionate and loving things than he did. So it's arguable, mm. but... Man, you just talked me out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just joking. No, that's that's good. Jesus is... Yeah. Hmm. But then what is the, the whole son of God thing? Like, how do you reconcile that? Like, what do you think that's all about? The Trinity? Well, oh, okay. Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know what is the whole Son of God thing. I mean, I've always was believed that it was one and the same, so. The, oh, being the Son of God is being God. Yeah. Mm. So, but I also believe that Jesus had human experiences and human mm. feelings and things like that, mm-hmm. so maybe that's where the Son part came in. Oh, wow. Well, he was the Son of Man, too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot, man. Wow. I wish you could see what like what's going through my head right now because you kind of blow my mind. Jesus. Well, that's always nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm trying to recover from that one. Uh, let me see. What else did I put in the, in the outline is, I guess, where I should go back to. That's been helpful. Oh, yeah. Okay. I ask about revolution. Where are the other pastors now? I guess I already asked you that. They're not pastors anymore, right? Is that the answer? I haven't. Yeah, I, probably I, not. I don't probably not. think so. Okay. Do you, man, do you think that... We're all pastors. Yeah. Could I be a pastor, man? Yeah, of course you could. You think so? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> What is it? What what is, what's that job description? Do you think? Uh, I don't think there's one job you don't description. Think there's one? Yeah. I think there's different calls mm-hmm. for different people. What's a call? Do you think? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking you all the hard hitters. You're just asking all these like deep questions. Yeah. What's a call? What's a call, man? Um, answer answer my questions, bro. You know, I don't oh. know. I just feel like. What is being depressed, Jay? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You know. What's it called? It's feeling. It's of, something on your heart. Something that comes yeah. in your I mean, it's, you know, I feel a lot more called to speak and talk about stuff and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some people who do it better. You know what I mean? Like they do it. They don't, they don't just think about it and talk about it and discuss it. They go out and put feet to it. And, um, people are just built that way. Mm-hmm. And so I just try to stick with what I feel strong at. Like we were talking about depression, that's mm-hmm. a hard thing sometimes yeah. to feel strong about anything. Right. You know. Yeah. How much do you think that a person can lean on meds and still be like, "Oh, God, you know, God's the answer and, you know." I have no idea. Uh, yeah. I mean, what am I going to say? 5 pills. Yeah, pills. 5 pills. talking milligrams. Milligrams, yeah. <laughs> With Ativan, yeah, you know, or with uh, Prozac, it's when I'm not on meds, I just have a lot of panic attacks. Yeah, sometimes though, not being on meds, the creativity of, of being a theologian. <sighs> yeah, not that I am a theologian. No, no, feel free like to. that type of theology mm-hmm. opens up, you know, in the suffering. Yeah, a whole different thing of 
biblical understanding. Right, right. Creativity opens it's, up. It's creativity, I think, is what it is, yeah. So, you know. Because I feel, I feel like more artistic or like more create, yeah, more creative, yeah, more expressive so, when I'm not medicated. Or, But then I feel more productive when I am medicated. Yeah, me too. You know, you know what's the trade-off? What is the trade-off? Do I want to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't like panic attacks, so. Yeah. I'm dealing with that the best I know how. Yeah. Right? I'm just kind of trying to reflect this all back on myself and be like, well, what, you know, how do I apply, how do I relate that or how do I apply that or whatever? And with me, the panic attacks get kind of poked at around family shit. Yeah. You know, I'm saying I don't have any, you don't have any family. No, I mean, I can't tell you what I, what triggers it. Oh, wow. Okay. So I could be in a car. It could be anything. You know? Yeah. So sometimes I have them when I'm in the, on the highway. Really? Yeah. So it's like most inopportune times. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure it stems back to, you know, I wasn't hugged enough as a child, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Freudian thing. Yeah. You can think of, but, but now it's like, you know, what's the reason? Right. And sometimes I feel like the reason can often become victim blaming. Yeah. Right. I think I pointed at my parents the most, honestly, man. I'm like, you guys made all this baggage or whatever. And maybe that's part of the the title of my podcast or whatever. It's like, I see I'm the heir, guys. I got this shit from you. (laughs) This is your fault. It's easy to blame other people. Yeah. You know, but the fact is you have it. Now what are you going to do with it? Yeah, dude. Not That's the question. There's no it? reason to me to go like, well, my dad made the bad choices. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's because it's my it shit. Un- it's my fucking shit, Unpacking right? it might be a good thing. Yeah. In dealing mm-hmm. with it. Ultimately, I was yeah. born into it, so I don't feel like I can necessarily lay blame right. to them mm-hmm. or lay blame to myself in some ways, you know. Yeah. Maybe I have a chemical imbalance. Right. Whose well, fault couldn't you is say that? that you inherited, I mean, couldn't you say that's genetic? Like, yeah, that's genetic. But what am I going to blame my family yeah. for genetics? Well, that's who you'd blame, isn't it? I mean, but what about their family? And what yeah, about their good. parents? And what about their parents and their parents? You know, yeah. where, at what point do I? Right. Is it the great great grandparents? Right. That is it irresponsible? Did for you something? To have kids? Yeah. Should because, I not have kids right, of my because my genetics? Because of your genetics. Is it now my fault because now I'm privy to that information? With, yeah. Right. Yeah. How so. much does that blame? Yeah. That's a good question, bro. Yeah. That's so. good, man. Yeah. Cause it's like, they're dealing with this shit as much as I am. Like my, I don't know, like my depression and addiction are as, are as real to my parents as it is to me Yeah. without pointing, you know, without disclosing Yeah. too much. But you know, well, my mom had panic attacks all the time. Really? You know? Yeah. So is it because I saw her have a panic attack or is it because it mm-hmm. genetically passed on something to me? Yeah. Probably a little bit of both, you know? Yeah. You, so you saw your mom have panic attacks? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I remember there were times when she was really sick where, you know, she'd have panic attacks and ask me to, you know, we'd be out together and she'd be like, can we go home? You know? I'm oh, not, wow. You know, I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she would be fr- so frightened. And it's, I think it's really important that you have people who underst- are willing to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to live with with someone who has depression because I think if I'm if I'm honest and I look at like my relation my romantic relationships, yeah, I think that I always get scared and I'm like I hit the eject button 
real fucking quick and I'm like, this is getting too real. Yeah. You know? I think mine gets too real too far deep down into the relationship. That Too late into it? Yeah, like too late to press eject. Without what, what without hurting them or? Because I, I do, I hurt people, man, like whenever right. I hit eject, you know? And I think I, I hurt myself too, honestly. Like, well, I just didn't, couldn't control when my depression rose its ugly head, mm, you know? Mm, so mm. I was married already to, I've oh, been right. married twice, uh-huh. but in both relationships, the depression wasn't there when we were dating mm-hmm. or it wasn't as obvious. Mm-hmm. And then. Was the anxiety and the panic there? A little bit, but they weren't seeing it on a day-to-day basis. On day-to-day, yeah. So. Were you medicated it? Like, can I ask you that? That's fine. Yeah, I was. I've been on and off medication mm-hmm. most of my life. Yeah. So, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Would be the answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's also tough being married to somebody who doesn't understand depression mm. and panic attacks mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the mm-hmm. team. Yeah. It's a team effort mm-hmm. to go through it together. Yeah. And I guess you. You take on their shit, quote unquote, and they take on your shit. Yeah. And you're like, here, I'll help you. You can be as ugly as you want. Or is that like acknowledged or do you, in a healthy relationship, do you think you're like, I'm going to, this is how ugly I get. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's part of marriage. (laughs) Is it? You know, I mean, just the first time one of you get food poisoning, (laughs) you get to see it all, (laughs) you know, and it's like. Doesn't get much uglier than that, <laughs> you know. You're Maybe thinking you're dying, and you're well, yeah. And I've seen that too. So giving birth is is pretty crazy as well. Yeah. So you know, you see that, and you see each other's personalities and mm. personality traits mm-hmm. and defects. Or whatever, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's almost like a relationship with God in some ways. You have your doubts and your worries mm. and all that stuff in the wow, midst of relationships. Amazing. So yeah. Wow, bro. You just brought it full circle. Full circle. It is like your relationship with God, isn't it? It can be. Maybe my daddy issues are what all this God shit's about, bro. Well, that's what some psychoanalysts would definitely say. Yes, that's what it's all about. The whole paternal God thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they would tell you that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, that, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe I should be like, hey, why do I care so much what my parents, you know, like, why do I weigh in so put so much weight in their reaction to shit? Yeah. Maybe I should, you don't know. Well, you're young, too. Am I? Can I still say? I'm almost 30, man. Yeah, how but How long still, can I keep saying? How long can I play that card for? I don't know. Until you're 40. Until you're 40. <laughs> can you put a number? 40 milligrams. Of, yeah. Of I mean, I feel like I could play that up until 40. I mean, my 30s were still fair? very youthful. Yeah. But now I feel tired and old. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I feel I feel that way when I'm I don't know when I'm depressed. I feel like dragged down, and I don't know when was the last time I texted you. Was it really like three days ago or something? Because it feels like it was three weeks ago. I don't know. I have to check my phone. Okay, it's three weeks. It was definitely not three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, the last time you texted me was, I mean, if we literal, it was if we're literal minutes ago. Yeah, um, before you got here, Sunday. Was it Sunday? You said running late, lost my keys. Oh yeah, uh huh. And I I tried to not make a callback joke. joke. Not a callback joke, yeah, yeah. Because we made that joke 
after the service about, or was it was it after the service? Which one about keys about losing your? Oh, you lost your keys. Yeah, well, you must have not wanted to go. Oh, that's what it was, bro. Because they were in my bag like the whole. See, I knew yep, they were. psychologically, you just I, didn't want to come to service. I think it's because I was depressed, man. Yeah. How long can I play that card? How long can I be like it's because I was depressed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can play that forever, as <laughs> far as I'm that. concerned. <laughs> I've not figured out a end point to that one yet. It's because I was depressed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember going to a psychiatrist and say, you know, being late. And they're like, well, that's because you didn't want to come. Oh, wow. You know, I'm like, well, no, I misplaced my keys or I missed right. the train. Or and I once missed... you got there, it's like, I'm glad I came. Yeah. But they're like, you know, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to come. And I'm like, I did want to come, but unconsciously you didn't. You know, and you're like, okay. I mean, how yeah. am I going to argue this with a psycho, right. psychoanal- mm-hmm. psychoanalysis mm-hmm. or psychiatrist yeah some word i can say what if you did try to argue it with them how, how far do you think that they would, they would i wouldn't go? try to argue no. with them. <laughs> just say their word is well, i think is that, truth yeah well, I, well, I your think, word is truth well i think isn't that in the bible uh, would it, i mean i protest too much you know that, oh is that i'll protest too much is you know i think so but i mean thinks the lady does protest too much well, I mean, you know, if you're going like, oh, why did I want to be here? How do you know? I don't know. I don't push back too much on psychiatrists. Yeah. I trust maybe too much. Yeah. I feel like you're giving me a, pre- a free therapy session right now. Oh, this is I, good, am, I am no therapist. <laughs> I, I beg to differ, bro. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, how, um, do you think that that's part of being a pastor? It's like being willing to, to be the... Uh, a wild card for people being like, yeah, I'll let this guy get me over to his apartment and have be on some podcast that no one has ever heard of sort of thing. No, I just, I mean, I just think that's being human in my life. That's just me being me. Putting yourself out there sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You've been kind and nice to me, you know, Mm. of course I've done podcasts of people I don't know too. So yeah, but it serves me as well, you know. I get to talk about me and talk about the ministry and talk about the book, and you know. Mm. So it's not all mm-hmm. just like scratch. I'm just stuff. a pure, <laughs> loving individual. Who is Jesus? I am Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so no. I don't know, man. I can't I, wait to hear what people think of this podcast of this conversation. Yeah. Do you get feedback? I don't. I give them a phone number to call. Oh. And I, I ask people to call me, but I never, you never my dad it. is the only person who's ever called that. Number. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That's funny. Does he listen to this? Yeah. I gave him a segment. It's called Pop Goes the Doctrine. Because oh. I call my dad Pops. And I think that's really clever. I'm like, oh, he's scratching my back. I'm like, I'm that's so nice. clever. The last episode I did, man, like, please don't listen to it. If I, if I can ask you anything. Okay. But it was, um, I was just like, hey guys. I've been. I don't believe in God anymore. I was. I think I was. That was the gist of it. Is I, th- I think. Well, it's do you called, play it for your dad, and then he talks about it? Um. Sometimes I'll send him a seg, a clip of something to respond to. Oh, okay. And I'll play that clip on the podcast, and then I'll play him reacting to it. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I don't know. Will you be a segment, Jay? Can I? Sure. If you've <laughs> got figured something out, I've said here Q and A with Jay. Didn't we talk about that? About yeah, we did. I used yeah. to do a Q and A with Jay. I like that. You put that on your Facebook, right? Yep. But I haven't done one in years. If we did a mutual back scratching, could that be <laughs> something that I offer you? Is like, hey man, I'll, 
Yeah, I I'll should do another the, Q&A. Do a Q&A with Jay. With Jay. I should do that again. Because that doesn't really take any effort, right? Like, oh, I mean, it takes a little bit of effort, does but it? not too much. What, like put posting out that you're going to do it? Posting out that you're going to do it and, and then, then doing it. And then taking the questions. And, and then taking the questions and, and sitting in front of a it. camera. Oh, and yeah, that's the doing it, huh? The doing it. Yeah. I mean, I can edit. Does that help? Edit, yeah, that does help. Because uh, I get a little long-winded answering some of those questions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're fun. I mean, I mean, I've got asked all sorts of weird questions. Do you? So, hmm. if I if I post this, if I link this to you on Facebook, and people who are your followers see the, see it or whatever, and they do call me yeah. with questions, can we use those questions? Yeah. Q and A with Jay. Yeah. That'd so call me at. Can I do this right now? Yeah. Hold on. Oh shit. Should I not cuss? I don't care if you cuss or not. Do you think Jesus would? Probably not. Jesus called people brood of vipers. Yeah. So that's probably... Bunch of assholes is the rough translation. Yeah. Should I edit that part out when when I don't have the number? Yeah, you should probably edit that out. (laughs) Transparency to a point. Yeah, to a point. Um... 612 I think that spells something. You should figure out what it spells and then use it. Yeah. Not at this instant. Okay. Well, I'll put that on my list of stuff to do. Speaking of my list, let me pull that up again. Man, thanks for being so, like, going with the flow so much here and shit. And, like, yeah. Letting me, letting me be so casual, honestly. Um, My list. My list. My wife, is that a, is that still a joke? I don't know. Borat? Borat, no. No. <laughs> if I have to make the connection for you, <laughs> the answer is no. You have to explain it. It's not funny. It, then it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can role? make the explanation really funny. <laughs> Isn't that a role in, yeah. in comedy? If you have to explain why it's funny, it's not funny. funny. Yeah. Um, Christianity. Oh, I don't know why I wrote this. I'm I'm reading this for the first time. So let's react, okay? Here we go. Christianity is not about what you believe. It's about how you love in absurd selflessness. I think that's a John Caputo thing. He always talks about the absurdity of love. Or of of absolute love. Of, of, yeah, of selflessness. How being selfless is, is weak and is absurd. And so if God is selfless, selflessly loving... Then God then is God weak is, and absurd. Is an absurd, absurd concept, yeah. What do you think about that? Sounds like a lot of thinking. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> Sounds like a lot of smarts, yeah. a lot of education, and a lot of philosophy mm-hmm. went yeah. into that statement. Yeah. Well, I think his the way he chases it down is, he has the whole term weak theology, which is yeah. the idea that, yeah, that if God is love, then... Being love is being we- is letting yourself be exposed and be weak, and be stepped on sometimes. Yeah, like, you know how. Um, but that's I mean, that's what Jesus did. And that's yeah, what, it is, isn't it? You know, a lot of the disciples did, the mm-hmm. apostles, and right, they allowed themselves to be stepped on and beat and imprisoned, and so that would make sense. Isn't that what um? What's his name in the in the congregation at church? He was talking uh, last Sunday. What's his name? The older guy? Bill? Is it Bill? 
Bob? Bob, Bob, yeah. Isn't that what he was saying about being a sponsor? Is that it takes like a certain level of being exposed and like being willing to be beat up or abused or whatever to be to be a, an effective AA sponsor or NA sponsor. Yeah. I mean, I'm not supposed to talk about 12 steps all that much, but yeah. Okay. Of course. No, it's okay. It's just part of the 12 steps. Yeah, but I went it, to like I went to a no, but, too, I guess. But yeah, it's it's um courtesy that you were shown. Mm. Mm. Loving people takes mm. that. Mm. Loving people is really tough. That's why I think that's the ideal. Oh, yeah. That's good, dude. Is loving people is absurd in some ways. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's the road less traveled or the narrow road and the narrow oh, man. gate is because loving is Wow. Yeah. I mean that's I'm a Christian again, bro. <laughs> You've you're falling in and out of faith this whole <laughs> Conversation. Yeah, I am. I think I am. Um, I don't, okay, going down the list. There's no God in the traditional sense. Atheism creeps in from an outsider's perspective on religion. God is the ground of being, not a being. <laughs> the subject, not the object. I think that's that's a Pete Rollins thing, isn't it? I think I was also just... sounds a little Tillich. I think I just listened Tillichian. to... <laughs> is that kind of Tillichish? Oh, the ground of being. Yeah. The ground. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think he's he's getting at with the whole ground of being thing? Like, because you've you you probably know a lot more about Tillich than I do, having actually read him. I mean, just basically, God's you know, it's the God that's there when you take away the God. Yeah. I mean, it's not the God's not a being. God's not the man in the sky. The man in the sky. I mean, just basically put it full circle, bro. Yeah. So (laughs) it comes down to that. He's not the man in the sky, dude. I'm sure it's deeper than that. I know it's deeper than that. I took classes and read books that blew my mind. The Systematic Theology, Volume 1. I'm just surprised I have much left in my mind. Mm. To be blown? Well, no. No, not to be blown, just to comprehend. Just left in your mind. Yeah, it was very dense stuff. Oh, you mean after reading that book specifically? Yeah, it's just so dense. To Recall it is tough. Mm. I'd actually get, take the class again if yeah, I could. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Just to to grasp it more. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have the lower, I don't have the college education that most seminary students do. Okay, see, that's what I was going to ask you about is... I didn't go to college. I didn't okay. go to Bible college. I didn't go to any college. And so now I'm showing up at the seminary taking these classes, you know. Are I, you like, are you a celebrity... Uh, no student <laughs> like do you have a reality show following you around yep. like, no, Jay I, goes back to school hey. <laughs> no I just had a professor there that seemed to believe in me and pushed me to go to classes oh wow how did you meet that professor he came to revolution no way yeah really yeah when uh, a few years ago here in Minnesota yep here in Minnesota and he came yeah and wow. he said I think you should get a proper theological education. Wow. So I don't know if that was an insult or not. But <laughs> so, you know, Are you saying that as a semester, joke? It might have been an insult. No, it was just, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it, okay. But, but he, um, <laughs> he believed in what I was doing and believes in what I'm doing. And Do you still talk to him? Yeah. Yeah, every semester he kind of gives me, oh, you should do this. Oh, really? Oh, okay, so that. you kind of check in with him? Yeah. This is what I took, what should I take? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So... Is he like the encouraging voice in your head or whatever? 
Yeah, I mean, he's encouraging. He's one of those people who's encouraging to me to mm-hmm. continue to go on, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. there's a part of me that would really, you know, be tempted to just retire and go get a job. Mm. To retire the pastor thing? Yeah. yeah. Just the whole doing the church altogether and just Please go. don't, man. <laughs> Well, I'm Please trying not okay. to. I'm holding on. I'm white knuckling it. Please don't, bro. Well, I'm trying not to. So I'm not yet. So so I shouldn't be crying right now. No, don't cry because I'm not going to quit. I have no plans on quitting. Okay. I should <laughs> if I was smart, but I'm not. Is that a voice in your head? Is yeah, that's a voice in quit. my head. Yeah. Don't listen to that voice, Jay. Go get a job at Yo, Sam's Club. Plan? Go get a job at Sam's Club. <laughs> yeah, because they've got good benefits. Do they have good benefits? Or maybe not Sam's. Costco. Is oh, is it Costco? Costco. Yeah. As a cashier, you like get a bunch of benefits and stuff? I don't know what you get benefits for. I just know that you get benefits for working there. Good for benefits. For being employed by them. Yeah. Okay. Also in Starbucks. Just generally. Maybe, I would be horrible maybe, at yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> I could see you. Because I would just mess up drinks. A barista. Constantly. <laughs> they would. I would be the guy who just lifting boxes in the back. Because I would mess up would drinks. Would you still get the insurance, you think? May, I don't know. If not, I would probably, well, I mean, I already have insurance, so oh. I really, because I'm through my wife's work, so I don't oh, okay. really need that, but those are jobs that I've thought of taking. <laughs> the, the voice in your head says, you should go work at Starbucks. Yeah. I mean, I've worked at record stores and time. There's been times where I've held jobs and done revolution at the same time, Yeah, you know, but right now I'm, it's like a full-time job taking care of my kids, which I do right, three, three right. days a week is I have my kids all day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting them fed, taking them out to play, doing things with them. That's a lot of work. So I have really two days a week where I work on Revolution. And I have therapy on one of those days. So I, I try to do like Wednesday and Thursday are my two days to really work on Revolution mm-hmm. and work on the sermon and okay. the talk. So, And then somewhat Sunday morning, I usually get up really early on Sunday and go sit in a coffee shop and go over the talk. Okay. You know, so that's... Those are my times, so I'm already kind of part-time in it, so I don't know how I would do that. Can I ask you, what is being here cutting into? Like, could your wife text me and be like, bro, you're fucking up the Baker house? (laughs) Is it a Baker Dash? It's Abersold and Baker. Okay, my bad. It's Uh, okay. We're progressive. (laughs) Is is that your kid's last name? No, it's the Bakers are the last name. We didn't go that far. We joke and call it Baker Sold. Baker Sold? I like that. I, yeah, because I wonder about that. Like, if I were the wife or whatever, would I be cool with taking this dude's name and like booting out my old name? Yeah, it's weird. Isn't that weird? Where'd that come from? I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me because I don't know. Do you think I could learn that one in seminary? Yeah, probably. It's to do with property. Oh, it's, it is a property thing, isn't it? Yeah. So there you go. I bet you're right, man. But Full circle, huh? I've had a few full circles. I keep wanting it. I keep pushing it in that direction. I'm like, I'm trying to make it full circle. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, what is, what do you mean? What is being here costing me? Oh yeah. My bad. Good, good call. Yeah. Um, what would you be doing with this time if you weren't here? I guess is what I was trying to ask you. If I wasn't here. Yeah. Like if you, if you didn't come tonight, what would you be doing? Watching your kids? Yeah. No, I'd be, we'd have dinner. Okay. Yeah. I've been putting the kids to sleep. What time do they go to bed? (laughs) <laughs> seven okay but then the, the little one goes to bed whenever you know 
Seven or eight. Yeah. It just depends. It's, it's with kids. And no, I shouldn't. I should know that. I mean, it's I just with, tough. I with yeah. Four year olds every day, dude. Like, <laughs> so it's insane. I mean, it's you know, reading a book to my son is like I'm just reading aloud. Mm-hmm. Sometimes do you feel like you're the same thing over and over and over. Yes. And over and over. Yeah. And we do read a lot of the you same things the same. over and over again. Is it Tillich? Yeah, it's Tillich. <laughs> that would actually probably work to put him to sleep. Puts me to sleep. What books do you read to Milo? Little Blue Truck. Uh, oh, um, Pete the Cat. Do you know Pete the Cat? Yeah, I haven't read it. I read that Pete's one at school. Cats, but yeah. I do know that. It's like Pete on the Cat, Wheels on the Bus. Right. Pete, or Pete, Pete the Cat. Does he Pete on the Cat? Yeah. Yeah. Pete like the Cat. Little Critters. And... Oh, little, yeah, dude. Berenstain Bears, right? Yeah. Do you know? Uh, no. Yeah. That's so that's a lot of that stuff. And my gosh, I don't know. A lot of kids' books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was a kid, I watched uh, Peter Pan over and over again. Oh, yeah. Did you have a movie that you would watch? Like, wear the VHS tape out? I watched a lot of Herbie the Love Bug. Oh, yeah. Oh, those Disney movies with, like, yeah. the same cast members in them? Yeah. Like, Flubber? Or, no, not Flubber. Uh, the Nutty Professor? Yeah, kind of yeah. like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But the, like, original ones. That they were based on, right? Like, which mountain? What? Which mountain? The Parent Trap? Which mountain? Yeah, like With those. That, that Haley girl in it? Yeah, yeah, like those those movies. Yeah, I like those. But <clears throat> that and watched Star Wars a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Saw that a lot. For sure. So, I don't know. We, You know, I wasn't... VHS was kind of new when I was a kid. So, there wasn't like... I, mean, I remember we had Superman on VHS. Okay. See, I assume that I grew up with it, so everyone yeah, grew, up, so grew up with it. There wasn't like tons to watch. I probably watched too many violent things due to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Due to Superman? No, just be due to the oh, what was out on what VHS oh, or what my parents were allowing me to watch. I guess. Yeah, isn't that kind of interesting? Like what what's censored by that like culture of legalism? I guess. Yeah, my parents not? weren't weren't really. You know, I guess they would censor sexual stuff more than yeah, violence. I think so. so violence was like yeah. okay, but do you think that has to do with like the Old Testament? I have no idea. I just I think it has to do with probably the Puritans. Mm. Probably. <laughs> that's my guess. Yeah, that's a good guess. Well, thanks for doing this, man. You're welcome. For real. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. So, how long do you think this will wind up being? Yeah. Um, the timer says an hour fifty minutes right now. Okay. I don't know how, like the end result, it depends on how much of that should I take out. Okay. How much you edit? Yeah, that's what it depends on. And honestly, you've inspired me to try to edit less. Yeah. Just like being like, hey, Jay, hey, I edited your sermon for you, bro. And you're like, oh, cool. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. No, I do appreciate not, it. I I, why I go, oh, cool is because I'm like, how do I figure out how to get that yeah, right. onto this device, to that device, to over to that person? Mm-hmm. Like your sermon, I haven't been posted because I don't know how to get it to from one place to another. Okay. If you that's bring your laptop like, in, can I, can yeah, I help you do that? Yeah. Is that okay if I... Yeah, that would be great. Okay. But that's why I'm like computer illiterate. That's my literacy, man. See? It's editing shit and like See, Dropbox I'm awful at that. that. So yeah, so you could figure out how to get it. I can Drop scratch box. your back, man. And you can scratch mine by there you go. uploading my sermon. Oh, it's mine. So, Amanda, this is Jay. Hi. He's my pastor. We're doing a podcast. No, no, you're... Please, you're good. No, you're we're live. Good. You're Excited totally good. this way. There must be a McDonald's near here. Oh, there is, yeah. There's like two in both directions. 
Oh. Yeah, we're surrounded. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, we could uh, go grab a Coke if you want. What do you think, man? I think I'm going to grab a Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah, that's fair. All right, man. Well, is it cool if I do tag you when I post this? Yeah. Twitter, too, because that way I can retweet it. Oh, that's a good idea. All right. Cool, man. Should I say the end or something? The end.
If you enjoyed this show, you might also like Loosen the Bible Belt with Kristen Becker and myself, Jay Baker. What I discovered in the two weeks that I worked on that sermon and meditated and prayed was that if God is greater than the death of Jesus on the cross, then certainly God is greater than AIDS. And I proclaimed that, and everybody went, oh, <laughs> how could you say that? But, you know, God is greater than AIDS. God's a greater reality than any disease. I said, you know, in the face of having this stigmatized illness and cancer, I can still laugh. I can still enjoy my friends. I can still dance and sing. I can still be fully alive, even in the face of a potentially terminal prognosis. That was a post-Christian podcast.